0: You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, everybody had a nice holidays. everybody doing okay today? You're doing good? Good. Uh, so good to see you guys today. Now, I need to get some of you up to speed because some of you are kind of newer to the tribe and you come in the past year and don't know what we do every January. But every January, we do a form of a spiritual reset, if you will, that we call 21 days of prayer. And I'll tack on to that and fasting. So we're kind of doing a reset in which we uh, refocus on a relationship with the Lord. And in case you've never done fasting, let me show you a brief definition of fasting. It's basically just voluntarily reducing or eliminating your intake of food or pleasurable activities in order to focus on God. Now, one of the things that I wanna mention to you about this is if you pull out your handout that Margo just mentioned, you'll notice that today after church is when the fasting begins. And then and on January the 30th, after church services that day, that's when the fasting will end. Now, if you just rolled up on church today and you're like, hey, dude, I didn't know we were going to start fasting today, then and you need a little time to think about it, that's okay. You can start fasting maybe tomorrow or the next day. Jesus still likes you, even if you don't start fasting today after church. But so think of this schedule as kind of like a fiesta schedule, except you lose weight, right? So uh, that's 21 days of prayer this year. Now, let me show you some different types of fasts. So you can do the food fast, which is number one. This is the one that most people know about where you just don't eat any food, only drink water. Now, if you're gonna do this, make sure and ask your physician, ask your doctor or whatever, yeah, that's okay. But some people do what's called the Daniel fast. Now, that doesn't mean that you're fasting from guys named Daniel, but it's just is really more about uh, this guy in the Bible would fast from meat and he would only eat fruits and vegetables. So if you just do the Daniel fast, you just eat fruits and vegetables, maybe drink water, have those juices, you know, like at Southwest Elixirs down the street, awesome juices. If you're going to do the Daniel fast, go down there and get you one of those juices. But then number three is the partial fast. So in a partial fast, you're going to do without certain food items, like go without meat, go without chocolate, go without coffee, something like that. A partial fast would also be if you skip a certain meal every day, or maybe certain days of the week, you do a partial fast just on, say, Tuesdays and Thursdays, but the rest of the week you, you eat. And then number four is what's called the media fast. Now, a lot of us tack on the media fast to our other fasts that we're doing. So that's where you're going to uh, abstain from your social media, maybe from Netflix, maybe from TV, something like that. Now, now number five is the one that's not real popular, okay? That's the sex fast, okay? People are like, what the heck? That's actually in the Bible, by the way, and I'll show you the verse. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verse five, and I'm not gonna read it to you, but basically, when you look at that text, it shows you that both partners have to agree if you're gonna do the sex fast. So I, I heard one husband say, well, you know, I was gonna consider the sex fast, but I just thought it would be too hard on my wife, you know, and all the wives are like, yeah, whatever, dude, right? Uh, so that, that's that. And then number six is, What we call the talking fast, where you take a time of silence, be silent before the Lord. Maybe you designate a certain amount of time where you're not going to talk. You're just going to be silent. You're just going to be still. By the way, last Sunday, Pastor Lee gave what I thought was a very fabulous and practical message on being still, getting out in nature's medicine and the stars and being still and quiet and silent before the Lord to hear him. And so a lot of people wonder, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? While I'm fasting, do I just sit around and feel hungry? Well, it's it's not really what a fast is, is all about. See, the idea is, is that when you crave that food, you pray. When you feel the craving, you pray. When you feel that desire to get on your phone and check your social media, you pray. Now, what I understand is, is that you have personal things in your lives that you want to pray for as you're fasting, and you should. Some of you are praying about relationships. Some of you are praying, I hope God will bring me a relationship. Some of you are praying for your careers. Some of you are praying for people that are sick, and you should pray for all those things. But what we're asking you to do this year is, in addition to your personal prayer requests that you're fasting for, also pray for something, one thing that's very specific, and that one specific thing that we're all going to join our hearts and prayers and fasting together for is this. Pray for the lost. This year, we want to pray for the lost. Raise your hand if you've ever had a pet that got lost, a pet that got out of the house or got out of the yard or out, out of whatever. Anybody have that? pet? Okay, so um, you could tell story after story, you guys could, of when your dog got out of the fence and you were looking for your pet. Um, put up posters in the neighborhood. Ask the neighbors about them. And I had this pet one time. It's what I call the once in a lifetime pet. You know what I mean by that? It's like there are other pets. Like you, you have this one dog that you just really loved, and then that one dies, and then you get another one. It's kind of your dog on the rebound or whatever. You know, it's just like you don't like the second dog as much as you like. It's the the one the once in a lifetime pet is the one that you just have an unusual connection with. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I had this once in a lifetime pet, and it was a cat of all things, and his name was Rowdy. Now, uh, Rowdy came to us. My wife brought him home, and he was like an itty-bitty kitten when we got him. His mom had had a litter of kittens in an attic, and she got shut out from the kittens. And so this lady gave it to my wife, who brought home to me. And I did this research and this reading that some cats, when they're little kittens whatever creature, whether it's another animal or a human that they meet when they're that small, they think that that creature is like their mom. So I was basically Rowdy's bearded mom. You know, he just loved me. We had a special connection with each other, right? And so he would sometimes drape himself around my neck, around my beard to sleep with me at night. He would bring me presents. So one day he brought a snake into the house. In his mouth, And the snake rubbed up against Jeannie's leg, just like, ee, jumps on the table, you know? And uh, that was just the way, he was just a crazy wild cat. And that's why I loved him so much. He was so interesting and so much fun. But one day, uh, my once-in-a-lifetime cat, Rowdy, he was missing. And so we we were worried, and we started searching for him, and we looked, and we asked the neighbors, and we went to the wooded area near our house, and we looked all over the place for Rowdy, and he was just gone. And we couldn't find him. Several days had passed, and we, uh, and by the way, one part of the story I didn't tell you is that, you know, we did, we'd not had Rowdy neutered, and you know, if you have a male pet, if he's not neutered, he's gonna be going looking for the ladies, you know what I'm saying? So uh, one day, we get home from the store, and we see this fur ball in the yard, and I run out there, and sure enough, it's Rowdy, right? And you could tell, he'd been catting around, if you know what I'm saying, right? Because he, he's, let, his fur is messed up, you know, he's smoking a cigarette, you know, he's just like, this is, this, is, this is rowdy, right? And so I pick him up, man, I was so excited to see him, and I scratch his head like he liked, and we carried him into the house, he's like rubbing his cat scent all over my beard, you know, he's like, you know how they purr, they're like, Rrr. he's just rubbing all over me, right? And I'm just loving it, and Jeannie and I are celebrating that the prodigal cat has been bound, right? So check this out. If, if we feel that way about our pets, how much more does God feel when his prodigal sheep return home, when his lost sheep return home? And one of the things that we're going to see in the Bible story that we're going to study today is that when something, someone is lost, Jesus gets personal and he goes for them. It gets personal. And that's the one idea I want to deposit into you today and over the next couple of weeks is to get personal. And so if you're online, you can turn to someone in the living room or post in the comments, get personal. If you're here in the cameo, turn to your neighbor and tell him, get personal, Jack. Get personal, Jack. Okay, Good. We're going to learn to get personal, and this isn't just all my thoughts and ideas about getting personal, but we're going to go verse by verse through Luke 15 this week and in the next couple of weeks. So if you're a note taker or if you're a Bible follow along or inner, then open your Bible to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to see today four facets of getting personal from Luke 15. Look at number one, is when you get personal and there's a particular type you're going for. As you get personal with sinners. You get personal with sinners. Look at Luke 15, 1. Now, the tax collectors and what? Sinners were all drawing near to hear him. They wanted to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. Now, If you've been around City Tribe Church for any length of time at all, you've heard me talk about and you know from experience in the environment and meeting people around here that this is a church that's filled with people who have made mistakes and people who have sinned and people who are broken. And I could go on on and on and on about this, but I tell you this is that one of the greatest threats to the type of ministry that God has called us to at City Tribe Church is the inner scribe and Pharisee. Does anybody besides me have a little bit of inner scribe or Pharisee in you? And and here's how it works. Is it, you know, a lot of us have struggled with different issues in our lives, right? We've struggled, some of us, with addictions. And when you go a long period of time where you've not relapsed and you've got a good freedom streak, is what I'd call it, you start feeling pretty good about yourself and you forget from where you've come, don't you? I do sometimes. And then here's what happens. Is it another brother or sister within the church in your tribe, small group or class or whatever you're a part of you, you meet someone, see someone at church and they relapse and they do something wrong and they make a poor choice. And your inner Pharisee rises up when you're on this big, long good streak right then. And your inner Pharisee says, well, I can't believe he did something so stupid. What was he thinking? or, Why didn't she pull herself up by the bootstraps and get herself going? Why did she do that kind of thing, see? When all the while, Jesus doesn't point his finger at the lost, he loves and welcomes the lost and brings them home. He doesn't utilize guilt and shame, but rather the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring them. And I would suggest that a lot of religious people today are Pharisee, sin, asymptomatic. You know, when someone has covid and they're asymptomatic, you know what that means, right? And so what a lot of people are, spiritually speaking, religious people, is they look good on the outside, they don't show any symptoms, and they feel pretty good. But what they don't know is they have a sickness inside them. And it's called the religious spirit, the spirit of the Pharisee. And it is a spirit animated by demonic spirits, I would suggest. So that being said, All this begs the question, who are the lost? Well, there's a sense in which, as the Bible teaches us, that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray, haven't we? But let me define it for you. The lost are two groups of people. People who don't yet have a relationship with God. They may be good people, but they don't yet have a relationship with God. And then the lost also includes people who do have a relationship with God, but they've strayed away from him. And what I'm asking you to do during 21 days of prayer is pray and fast for the lost for those who don't know God and don't have a relationship with him. And for those that do know him, but have strayed away. And if we've seen anything over the past two years, we've seen a mass of people who have gotten out of the habit of coming to worship God, being a part of some type of church community, and it's led to all sorts of problems in their lives. It's led some people to anxiety, others to depression, some to loneliness, all sorts of both emotional and spiritual infestations and problems of a negative sort. And so we want to not only pray, but I want to ask you, will anybody pray with me for the lost? Will anybody go and reach out to the lost sheep? that God's calling us to. And so look, what happens next? If you decide you want to get personal, here's what will happen. Number two, getting personal means initiating. Not just sitting where you're at, but initiating the spiritual conversation or the searching out of the sheep. And so look at Luke chapter 15, verses three and four. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? That's initiating, see? And so when it says that the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine, it's not saying that he left the ninety-nine unattended and uncared for. It's not like he threw out the ninety-nine to get hunted down by wolves. If you look at biblical backgrounds expert Brad Young, he explains how uh, shepherds operated in that day. At night, it was customary for shepherds to build a makeshift fence out of tree branches and such to corral the sheep. And oftentimes in the open country, there are a lot of caves in that area. They would herd the sheep into a cave at night and then they would make a gate in the front of the cave and they would sleep there to protect the sheep. Now they would always do this head count at night and this is how the shepherd knows that the one sheep is missing because every night before they fence them in and do the head count, you know, they, they, they take this inventory of all their sheep and that's how they knew the one was missing. Now in a herd of a hundred sheep, it wouldn't have been one shepherd. It would have been a head shepherd and then a lot of like assistant manager shepherds, if you know what I mean, the under shepherds. So what happens in this story is that the head shepherd leaves the sheep in the pen under the care of the under shepherds, and he himself goes to search for the one sheep that is lost. And here's what this concept tells us about God, about Jesus and the culture around us is that In Jesus' day, the culture only valued what was best for the group, and Jesus introduces a new idea that individual rights are important. In fact, you can go back in history and find that this is where this idea is really popularized because of what Jesus teaches it. So you can trace our modern-day human rights of the individual back to the teachings of the Bible and particularly into the New Testament Gospels. Here's how one Princeton professor, Max Stackhouse, worded it. He said, intellectual honesty demands recognition of the fact that what passes as secular Western principles of basic human rights develop nowhere else than out of key strands of the biblically-rooted religions. And so the reason that our culture today has a value of the rights of an individual is because of the teachings of the Bible and more particularly the teachings of Jesus in the gospels and the one missing sheep. Now here's something you need to understand about this part of the story is that when it comes to lost individuals, Jesus didn't just sit there and say, let them come to me. You ever known someone that says that? They're like, hey, if they need help, you let them come to me, right? Or if that relationship's broken, you just let them come to me and fix it. Jesus certainly had people that came to him for help. But Jesus says, no, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus didn't just kick back. He initiated the restoration of the relationship. He initiated going to seek out those who were lost in broken relationship With God. And so here's the thing. If you want to know if someone is more loving and more spiritual and more Jesus-like, the most Jesus-like people initiate the restoration of the relationship. And it's kind of hard to do because our pride gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? It makes us want to kick back and say, Let them come to me, right? Well, that's not the way of Jesus. He initiates. And look, this he gets personal. And this idea of seeking, initiating, going for the lost sheep, it's not new to the New Testament. Now, I know some of you have heard people say, oh, you know, the God of the Old Testament, he's mean and angry, and he's not very shepherd or loving-like. And when you get to the New Testament, that's where you see God is more of a shepherd and loving. But if you actually look in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, That prophet tells us about God's heart as a shepherd. Let me show you that from Ezekiel chapter 34, a little cross-reference for your notes. Chapter uh, chapter 34, verse 11, it says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I'm initiating the conversation, he says here. And he says, I will rescue them from all places, where they have been scattered on a day of, look at that last phrase, a day of clouds and thick darkness. We live in a time of clouds and thick darkness, do we not? Pretty crazy times. Right now, during the season of cloud and thick darkness, God is a light. God is searching for his lost sheep. He did it in the Old Testament. Jesus did it in the New Testament, and he's still doing it today. He's looking for the sheep. And so if you decide to get personal, here's what's going to happen next. Here's number three. Getting personal means close proximity. Getting personal means close proximity. Now, I understand that for wisdom's sake, sometimes close proximity means a Zoom call. Does it not? But look at what the text says in Luke 15, 5. It says, and when he has found it, the sheep that is, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing, see? So the shepherd in this story gets so personal, he puts the missing sheep that he finds on his shoulders. And so I got Santi to come out here and uh, help me illustrate this. And so Santi is gonna be my lost little sheep here. Okay, and so Santi as my little lost sheep Will you go ahead and say what a sheep says? Bah. Bah, right? And so I found my little Santi, and now he is found. And when I have him on my shoulders, it reminds me of this vintage song that a lot of your grandparents love to listen to. And it's this song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Have you heard of this song, right? He ain't heavy, he's my brother. And that song was popularized by the Hollies. You can hear it playing behind me. My brother, right? So, so anyways, what people don't know is where that song came from. It actually originated with Father Flanagan, who started a children's home called Boys Town back in the early 1900s. And in that orphanage, in that Boys Town uh, place for children, there was a little boy named Howard. And Howard had polio. And he couldn't walk very good. And so he had these little leg braces on his legs because his parents had abandoned him and he couldn't walk very well because of the polio. And when Howard was in the orphanage, there was an older boy named Reuben. And Reuben would actually pick up Howard and carry him up the stairs. And when he's carrying up the stairs, Father Flanagan says to this boy, Reuben, he says, hey, is that hard? And Reuben said, he ain't heavy, Father. He's my brother, is what he said. And to this day, you can go to Boys Town and see the statue there and this slogan, he ain't heavy, he's my brother, which is the official slogan of Boys Town. Let me tell you why I told you that story. Because there's a Howard in this world that only you can carry. I can't, no one else can, but you can. And so during this 21 days, Listen for God to speak to you, the Howard that you're to carry right on. So before I have to go to the chiropractor, I'm going to have to put Santi down, okay? (laughs) So will you guys join me in thanking Santi for helping out today? Appreciate you, brother. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. But do you know why all this talk of finding the lost sheep matters so much to me? Because I was the lost sheep. When I was a teenager, those of you that are younger people here, when I was your age, I struggled with law enforcement. I struggled in school, struggled with drugs. I don't know what my parents knew what to do with me until I went to this camp and a youth pastor named Ralph got personal with me. He sat down and prayed with me as Jesus carried me home. And you fast forward some years, and there was a time in my life where my marriage was a wreck. I was fired from the ministry because of my own sin. Until a pastor named Brent got personal with me. And he invited me to Pizza Hut and sat me down and said, Doug, I want to meet with you regularly so that you could be restored into the ministry someday. And because he got personal with me, I'm here ministering to you today. And you have your stories of someone who got personal with you too. All of you who know Jesus, I want you to think just for a minute. And I want you to raise your hand if you can remember the name or the face of a person who reached out to you. Can you remember that person? If you're online, post their name in the comments. See, you may have come and been inspired and helped by a song or a sermon. But there was someone who carried you, got personal with you to bring you to hear that sermon or that song. And that is a precious person in your life. Always honor them. See, but now is the day for you to become that person, to get personal with someone else. You know, we all have these various soul cravings that God put within us when he made us. And we all have the soul craving to experience God, don't we? You all want it. We all want to experience God In some way, and some of you think, man, I don't know if I've ever experienced God. Well, the fact that you have that craving to experience him shows you that you have God DNA within you, that you're an image bearer, the imago Dei, that you have the image of God inside of you. And do you know one of the ways that you experience God is when you look around and see where he's moving and you join him in it. And we've already seen from the scriptures that in the Old Testament, the New Testament and today, God is always seeking the lost. You want to encounter God? You seek the lost with him, and you'll experience him. Another soul craving that every one of us has is that need for belonging, for connection, for relationships. And in a day of distancing, we need to be the best at relationships, in growing, in developing relationships, even with the lost in a world of high tech. We need more high touch. We need more relationship development in our lives. And you know, as we were thinking about lost sheep and understanding sheep, I was helped by an author named Margaret Feinberg. And uh, Margaret wrote this great little book called, uh, you know, Scouting the Divine: My Search for God in Wine, Wool, and Wild Honey. And as a part of her research, she went and lived with a shepherd. The shepherd's name was Lynn. So Margaret went out to live with Lynn for a given time to learn all she could about sheep. And one of the things that she talked about was that they went outside and they could see the sheep herd in the distance. And Lynn, the shepherd, was whispering. And Margaret says, why are you whispering? And Lynn says, well, if they hear my voice, then we're going to get stampeded by sheep. They're going to run to us and they're going to surround us, right? See, because the sheep know, his vo- know her voice, right? Well, then they walk out amongst the sheep and they're just kind of walking amongst the herd. And the shepherdess, Lynn, she starts talking about different sheep. And she says, hey, th- this is Opal over here. And Opal had a difficult pregnancy. And then another sheep, She said, listen to the bleat of that sheep. The bleat is like their bass sound. That's the noise they make. It's called a bleat, bat, you know. So she said, listen to that one. It's kind of raspy, kind of cold. And then she goes, this this sheep over here, that one's name is Iris. You got to watch Iris. You got to keep an eye on her because she's always trying to get outside the gate. She's always trying to get out of the fence. Like a lot of you church people around here, right? Keep my eye on you, you know. She knew all this stuff about individual sheep, see, And perhaps that makes sense of John 10, 3. Look at what the Bible says. The sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by what? Name. He gets personal. It's not just sending the mass email, but he goes to the one by name. And he leads them out. And after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. He is real. And he's personal. You ever want a burning bush experience with God? Maybe you've heard of Moses hearing from God in the burning bush. And you think, why can't I get a burning bush? Anybody have a burning bush? I haven't had a burning bush. And you're probably not going to get a burning bush. You know why you're not going to get a burning bush? Because that was unique to how God spoke to Moses. See, but Moses didn't experience the burning bush until a guy named Jethro got personal with him. And Jethro got personal with him, invited him to be one of his under shepherds. And it's while Moses was working as a shepherd that he encountered God in the burning bush and heard from him. And God has a way of speaking to you that's very real and personal. And what I want you to know is he knows your name and he knows every detail about your life. He's not a distant CEO as a lot of people are led to believe, but he's real and he's personal And he speaks to you in a way that you can understand, see? So uh, look what happens next. Number four, if you initiate, then number four is going to happen. Getting personal creates an environment of celebration. It creates an environment of celebration. And this comes from Luke chapter 15, verse 6. And when he comes home, the shepherd comes home with the sheep. He calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And so God and the angels, they love to party. And you know what we see in the Gospels? Jesus loved a good party too, didn't he? He partied at the... Wedding in Canaan. He even partied with sinners, the Bible tells us, right? And you go back in the Old Testament of the Bible and you'll see all these festivals and feasts where God loves to encourage his people to party. And the angels in heaven love to party as well. And the thing that makes them party the most is when one lost sheep returns home, just one. And their good excuse for another party, it thrills their hearts. And you know, earlier I told you about when Jeannie and I found our missing cat. And you know how you feel when you've missed your pet, when your pet snuck out of the backyard or dug his way out or whatever. Well, I found this series of videos of pet owners who had been separated from their pets. And there are these videos of when they were reunited with their pets after the pets were lost. And Sadie put it together for us. So go ahead and take a look at their celebrations as the pets were found. This life had plans until suddenly he heard the voice of his owner who he hadn't seen for
1: ages.
0: (laughs) Camels never forget anything. See for yourself. This one recognizes its owner amongst a group of people and now it won't let him go.
1: And now we're on our way home to surprise Daddy and Kayla and Bubba's. <laughs> it's open. i open the door.
0: Lovers, what are you doing? I'm just glad of my dog's back. <laughs> Did you think you I didn't know.
1: I'm just glad he's okay.
0: This boy burst into tears, but not because he wanted this kind of gift for a long time. This is his lost pug, Piper, who was given to him when his
1: brother lost his battle to cancer.
0: this young man's dog was also lost and he'd already given up hope of seeing him again, but...
1: Jack! <laughs>
0: Who says boys don't cry? And so, I wondered, you know, that's the fourth time I've watched that video today and it still gets me. Why? Why does it get you? When you see that, Because maybe God gives us our pets to show us how he feels about us and how he feels about the lost sheep, see? And how do you think those pet owners felt about the people that helped them find their pets, the ones that helped carry them home for them, you know, people who lost their pets during a tornado and there were rescue workers that helped them bring those pets home. I think they probably... Appreciated that a lot. And look, some of you feel like I'm not worthy to go rescue some lost sheep. Well, I tell you what, those pet owners, they didn't care how worthy the people were that helped them get those pets back. They appreciated them and loved them, you know? And so here's what we're going to do here's where the rubber meets the road. When you came in today, you got a little invite card. And notice the language on that invite card. It's not the schedule, but it's a different handout. And it says, You came to mind. And what we're going to do is we're going to be still for a little bit and we're going to listen and pray and listen for God to bring a person, not the masses out there, but one person to each of our minds. And then you can take this card and you can write a note to that person and say, you know, I was praying today and God brought you to my mind. How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Maybe it's going to be a call or a text message. Hey, to this one person. I was praying today and God brought you to mind. And you know, I haven't seen you around church in a while. And I just want to check in and make sure you're okay. I want to bring you back. Maybe it's someone that doesn't know the Lord. I want to invite you to come to church. And by the way, this is not about filling seats in our church. If there's another good Bible believe in Jesus loving church that they need to go to send them there. This is not about filling our seats. It's about making heaven party. It's about, you know, bringing Jesus sheep home to him. See? And so let's go into a time of silence and prayer and listening in our prayer for that one person that God's bringing to your minds. And so let's do this by standing up together. And some of you are like me. You know, for me, it's helpful to come to the front and kneel and pray and ask God to speak to me. And if you're at home watching online, you can kneel in your living room in the carpet. But others, I want to invite you to come and kneel with me and say, God, whose name do you want me to put on this card? Who's my Howard that I'm going to carry back to you? Because God, I know your heart is longing, missing the lost sheep that you want to carry home. So let's listen and pray.
1: So good. your phone so you love me you have been so so
0: Some of you are feeling like, you know, I got that person's name in my head, and I'm going to go, but I just don't know what to say. Don't worry about what to say. God will give you what you need to say in the moment. Others of you feel like, you know what, I didn't really plan on coming to a church at all today, but I ended up here, and I hadn't been here in a long time. And I've been the missing sheep, and you look at the circumstances of you ending up here today, and it's like, well, maybe Jesus is carrying me home. And Jesus, I'm glad to come home and hear your voice through your word. And I believe He says to you, "Welcome home. I'm so glad you're home. I'm parting with you now in heaven." and still others you've never had a relationship with God at all and you ended up on this internet stream or in this quirky theater in downtown San Antonio and if you look at it you weren't really searching for God but somehow you've been found today and if you look at the circumstances of your ended up here you might think that you were being led or carried here by God maybe a friend invited you And today's your day. This is your moment to have a relationship with God that you've never had before in your life. And he can read your thoughts. I want you to just talk to him in your heart because in your head, because he can read your thoughts and just say something like this, God, I know I've sinned. I know that. But right now in this moment, the best I understand it, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead to give me new life welcome into my life. Father, I thank you for those that just prayed that and others who have brought, been brought home today. And for those of us that know you, I pray that we would not be distracted during these days of prayer and fasting, but we would be laser focused on what's important to you, to your lost sheep. And that we would experience you in the seeking, in the getting personal and that we would cause angels in heaven to party through our efforts. Thank you. Thank you for the person for the people that have gotten personal with us and that's why we're even here today is because someone was faithful to get personal. So we're asking that we would bring you much pleasure through our getting personal with others. And we pray these things in your powerful name and to your credit, glory, and honor, Jesus. Everyone said, amen, amen. Anybody excited about getting personal in the coming days? Anybody glad to do that? Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Well, you guys go ahead and take a load off just for a minute. And as we wrap up today, just a couple of things I want to remind you about. Uh, One is, of course, we've got awakening service happening this Tuesday. And then next Sunday, we're going to continue studying verse by verse through Luke 15. And can I ask you by raise of hands, how many have ever lost your wallet or your purse? Anybody lost your wallet or Okay. Yeah, all of it. You're going to be able to relate to the lady in the story that we're going to study next week. Now, as we think about worshiping God, a lot of people talk about worship in church like they call the music the worship, but that's actually not accurate. I mean, worship is music for sure, but the and some people think, well, I get it because it's not just the, the music, but it's the sermon. But the reality is worship encompasses all of our lives and even how we utilize our money and our resources. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you're new to church, we don't want you to feel like we're trying to like gouge you for your money or something like that. But those of us that follow Jesus, we believe in these ancient biblical principles of bringing like a first fruit, like a first priority tithe to the local storehouse that in our context is the church. And so some people think that, you know, I'll give God some money, but it's like a vending machine. He's gonna bless me back. Well, if you think that God is like a vending machine where you're giving just so he'll give you something back, you miss the point. I mean, it's true that God does miraculously provide a lot of times. And, uh, you know, he does bless us. He, that's his heart. But if you think it's all about that, that you may have a misconception there. Really, the tithe is the lost sheep fund. It's what it is. You know, on Christmas Eve, we had 15 people get baptized here. And we brought a picture. How awesome is that to see this is what this picture of people coming to faith in Jesus is what our tithing is all about. And I just want to say a big thank you to you guys, because every one of those baptisms on Christmas Eve, those of you that tithe here, that's what you were a part of. You did that. So thank the Lord that you help that to happen. Now, since we don't pass buckets or plates at City Tribe Church, here's how we take up our offering. Practically speaking, you can mail your offerings to the P.O. Box number that you see on screen. You can also text to tithe or you can go to in-person giving stations at the exits of the theater and drop your offerings and tithes in there. Or you can hit the QR code there, which will take you to our website, which is citytribe.church and then slash tithe is where you can bring your offerings there. Sound good? So thank you guys for your generosity. Let's stand up together. If you're with your crew, put your arm around someone or uh, put your hand out in position to receive, because we're all a spiritual family here, are we not? And let me speak what's called the benedictions and spiritual words over you that will be true of you as you walk from here. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk from here empowered by the Holy Spirit who's leading you out to search for that which is most precious to Jesus, his lost sheep. Walk from here knowing what to say and what not to say as you go from here with the power of the gospel, not to the masses, but to the one lost sheep. Go from here and get personal. You guys have an amazing Sunday and we'll see you guys next week, peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.